Hey everybody, welcome to the Nation's Weekly Podcast, uh, where this week we checked three different times that all of the microphones are in fact plugged in and recording. Right, guys? Cool. Who's giving us a thumbs up? Uh, this week we have a special guest who you've never met before. Uh, his name is Joel Parker, and he has recently returned from the field in Papua New Guinea. So this is... Uh, an exciting podcast for us because this is the first time that we've done one of these and we're going to call it field report so welcome to the nation's field report reporting from the field joel parker joel well i'm I'm back from the field joel chandler taylor parker that's correct four names um welcome joel thanks it's a (laughs) long time listener first time guest (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna pour some coffee is all right (laughs) you go ahead and pour some coffee um okay so you just got back from almost two weeks? Yeah, I think... It felt like an eternity. Yeah, that you 12, were 13 days in country. Yeah. 12, 13 days in country. Yeah. With our good friends, uh, Mark Palm and his family and the fine folks over at Samaritan Aviation. It was really cool because, you know, Mark was on the podcast mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago. And then we had this moment where we're like flying through the jungle. We're like, we were on the podcast together a few days ago. Now we're like flying, you know, I'm with him flying through the Sepik region of uh, Papua New Guinea. And uh, yeah, it's pretty surreal. Okay. So I'm kind of, part of this podcast is the like, Hey guys, welcome to the, welcome to building like a media company and a little bit of a behind the scenes peek. So you were there. Um, you were supposed to be there just kind of acting as like producer director for the dispatch series that's following Samaritan Aviation and getting our new cinematographer all established. But it's, we're learning that Papua New Guinea is not an easy place to make a documentary. Incredibly difficult. Why? Well, for, you know, everything in country is trying to kill you. Uh, it's the final frontier, they call it. It's the most remote place on earth, basically. And it has the absolute worst visa process. I mean, I've been to war zones that have been like, like, yeah, if you want to come, come on into the country. Papua New Guinea makes it really tough. So, yeah, Taylor Brandt is uh, we were set to um, both be there during that time frame where he was I was basically going to be onboarding him because I'd been there back in September Mm -hmm. filming the first couple episodes of Dispatch. And, um, yeah, his visa got denied. So we're in the process of trying to make that happen, um, which forced me back into you know, being an operator. So it's mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. shaking the rust off, dusting the rust off. Well, I don't know what that saying is, but you know what I mean? <laughs> shaking the dust I, off? Yeah, shaking the Sorry, I'm a little jet lag <laughs> still. Um, more rusty. coffee, please. Uh, but yeah, it was, um, it was, it was, it's such a good time. And, the, you know, like I'm just blown away by the work that Samaritan Aviation does, um, partially because I, I love aviation, but when you see like how a simple machine, like an airplane on floats can save lives, and it's weird to like, it's one thing to hear somebody talk about it, like on the podcast, mm-hmm. like hearing Mark, like, yeah, we've been in Papua New Guinea as missionaries doing this thing. But to actually be in the plane when a kid's got a snake bite in the back and he's foaming at the mouth and he's like, eyes are rolling back and he's like pretty much dead on arrival. And then we go to the hospital the next day to like check in on him and he's gone. <laughs> and you're like, what happened? He's like, oh, I got the antivenom. He's, he's fine. And he's back in his village. And you're just like, holy cow. And then, you know, Mark talks about the tribal warfare and, while we were there, like big uprising and, you know, Mark's flying in and picking up guys with spears through them. Like it's, it's unreal. And, um, the crazy thing is that it is real. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like there's, you know, some amazing pilots, uh, the, uh, you know, the hammers who are from, um, 
Alaska. Um, we've got the Condon family, who's from Ramona. We actually got to film with them. Uh, actually, Aaron, you and I went up there. We filmed with them here, like before they uh, flew out to Papua New Guinea. Then I got to be there oh, dude, on Matt's so very cool. first flight, and he's just, you know, he's been working his whole life to be a missionary pilot and a bush pilot, and he's like, to be there on his flight when he's like landing on some remote lake, and he's just like half in tears, half stoked, you know, just, mm. it was really special. Mm. And, um, you know, Rob is, uh, and you know, he's a mechanic that's, um, worked with missionary mission aviation fellowship and felt called to PNG. So there's just like this really cool tight knit group of missionary families, Chris and Sarah, he, he does all the, they do all the medical stuff and it's just, it's, it's absolutely, and they all live together. They have this like compound and I don't know, it's, you know, it's, as soon as I land, I just feel like I'm at home, mm. but you're in like the most foreign place you've ever been in your life. So it's pretty special what they have going there. So I'm kind of curious, you, you mentioned, yeah, since we didn't have Taylor there, uh, you had to be back behind the rig, which you did the first time. Yeah. Actually the, the episodes that we've been able to release thus far of the dispatch series are all yep. because you were, you were our, our dude behind the camera. Yeah. Um, so is it easy? Is it just, is it easy filming there or what are some of the unique challenges about filming um, in PNG in particular? Yeah, it's it's easy in the sense that what we're filming is spectacular in the sense of like it's you know it's an it's an airplane flying through the jungle landing in on crazy rivers and you know like mm -hmm. everything we film is is really beautiful and um, it's difficult. I'm just, yeah because we the first time I think I filmed on the Canon rig and then we switched to the Sony rig and so I'm just like a little slow because I don't operate camera. That's not my job description anymore. So, but yeah, I used to do it. So it, it's still kind of there. Mm. Like I, I kind of describe it like when I haven't flown in the airplane in a while, like they call it being behind the airplane where you're just like, Oh, you're, you're not on top of things. And you're just mm -hmm. like a little behind. That's kind of how I feel the whole More time. More reactive but, than proactive. Yeah. But once, once I'm there for a few days, it, it comes back. And like the hard part about filming in Papua New Guinea is like you, you're in a five point harness in an, a small airplane it's 95 degrees, it's humid, and you land, and you need to film, you wanna film everything, you wanna mm -hmm. film the landing, so there's only so many angles you can get from being stuck in a cockpit. So then as soon as it lands, I'm like trying to get out of this, like a airplane on floats is really high up too, so you're like climbing down just to get to the float, and then the floats like, if it's on dry land, is still three or four feet high. And so <laughs> you land, and I'm trying not to fall in the river. It's full of crocodiles and, you know, and expensive gear and trying to get like different, you know, angles. And mm -hmm. it's just, every, everything's hard about it, but it's always worthwhile. And, you know, you've got people who have never seen, you know, or, or rarely see, have never seen an airplane up close mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. have rarely seen a white person. So it's just like a little overwhelming for them. And you're trying to film and you also want to say, hi, <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> but you want to get their reaction. It's, it's. Yeah, it's all the things which which makes mm. documentary filmmaking so wonderful. Yeah. Well, any um, any close calls? Um, we almost dunked the, our very expensive gear. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know how close it was. Crashed a drone. It, it felt close, but uh, yeah, we landed. A, Mark wanted to take me into this really cool village, and it's this really narrow like little estuary that goes way back tucked in with these beautiful lush mountains. And he goes, oh, I, I want to take you there. It's just stunning. It's, it's like traveling back in time 
500 years. It's unbelievable. All the kids are naked running around and they don't care. And, and, uh, and so we taxi in, we land and we taxi in and, uh, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I go, where are you taking off? He goes, I'm just going to rip out of this Valley, which is really narrow. I'm like, Oh, that will be such a cool drone shot. Okay. I go, let me get into a canoe and I'm going to go back down all the way, kind of the exit point and I'll, I'll fly the drone. Give me like five minutes. And I'll, you know, get down there, fly the drone and we'll get a shot as, as you exit. And so I get into this, like these dugout canoes that are like so wobbly. And, um, but you, you just like, that's how these people, that's how these dudes get around mm. everywhere they go. Like they fish from them, they get to their houses to and from. And so, you know, they just have some white guy with like all his camera gear <laughs> sitting there. I'm trying to film a little bit and it's, it was dicey. I'm like, this could go wrong any moment and we're going to be sunk, but no, we made it and, and, mm. uh, got the shot. And so, yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> So then I'm like trying to hike back to the the spot that where the plane dropped all the meds off. The we did it was we were doing a med drop, and so we're hiking through the jungle. And there's this really cool tree that's like goes out over the river. So I'm I'm getting like a static shot. I can hear Jesse Schlunz, our editor, like like get lock off shots. I'm like okay, so I'm getting a lock off shot, and it's totally serene. It's like just you just hear all these jungle creatures in the background, and it's just like you just want to curl up and take a nap it's it's just that amazing <laughs> and all of a sudden i'm filming and i'm trying to hold it the camera steady and then all of a sudden like Kadoosh! and i'm like 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 half startled like hold the camera still i don't know what just happened but there's like a big splash in the water and i'm like crocodile like like death adder snake i don't know what's happening right now <laughs> and then like Kadoosh, kadoosh. And I'm like, what is going on? And I look and there's like these naked Papua New Guinea kids like jumping out of this tree. I had no idea they were in the shot there. And so, and then, so of course, naturally I was like, hold, hold the camera. I'm like, I'm like, I had my shorts on, but like, I didn't, I didn't get naked, but I like, climbed up the tree Coward. like, and, uh, had to jump out of it. So it was, yeah, it's good. So documentary filmmaking is best. <laughs> how, many, how many times have you been to PNG now? Uh, second time. Second yeah. time. So it's there in September and this time. What, if anything, uh, like perspective wise, because I know like you go to a place once and you kind of see a layer and then you keep going and you see more layers. Like what, what layers kind of revealed itself to you this time around that maybe wasn't there the first time? Yeah. Mark and I had a really interesting conversation, um, especially after we, he picked up the, the tribal war victims and they literally have bow and arrows through like, like I think each dude had like three arrows in them. Like it's, it's an unbelievable sight. you know, that will I'm sure will be in the documentary, but you're just going like, it's one thing to fly an airplane in and save them, which they need to keep doing. Like, you know, cause it's not just tribal war. It's like comp birth complications, pregnancy complications. It's snake bites like that kid. And it's a multitude of other things, malaria, but for that one specifically, like, what is the, why are they, what are they fighting over? Right. And Mark's like, like women and land, like that's, that's kind of the deal. And so we had a really fascinating conversation about trying to possibly problem solve, um, you know, maybe getting somebody in to start doing some trauma work. Because one of the mm -hmm. problems in Papua New Guinea is they, they, it's, it's an eye for an eye culture. That's mm -hmm. what Mark said. And it really is. And it, it doesn't, so it doesn't go away. It's like, if I punch you, you're going to punch me back twice and I'm going to punch you back three times. And so this violence has escalated to the point where people are shooting each other with bow and arrows it's, and that's normal to them. Mm. It's not strange. It's not bizarre. It's their culture. 
And so I guess the first time I saw it, I was like, whoa, this is real life. And, you know, um, and now it's like thinking about like, how do we, is, is there a solution to this? And how do, how do maybe, is there an invitation from God to maybe participate in that somehow, some way? So, you know, talking to our friend Craig, who's a therapist over there and who, um, you know, runs a latitude recovery center. And, and we're talking about like, Hey, like, maybe it's from substance abuse because mm. people don't just fight for no reason. Yeah. Usually it's like, mm. and, and so they, there's like, so starting to ask those questions, like, you know, wait, what substance is being abused in the jungles like and the a, backwaters of Papua New Guinea? It's not banana brew, but it's something like that. It's like mm. some, it's like some fermented, it's some fermented beverage that they're making back there. And, and, uh, yeah. So anyway, I mean, that's usually anywhere you see trauma in the world, like substance is usually right there with it. So anyways, to answer your question, yeah, it's, it's, um, you know, malaria will always be there. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, pregnancy complications in the bush will always be there. Um, but the violence doesn't have to be. So, um, it's neat to, you know, see the people who are there starting to think about those types of things. And, um, yeah, hopefully, you know, we can see a solution here in the, in the near future. So, yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, was this trip, was Samaritan Aviation, were they, um, at this time, are they kind of breaking into some of that new territory that they had uh, they had hoped to? Yeah, Mark made it. Mark and Kirsten uh, made a trip to the Gulf Province. So we're up in Weewak, which is um, you know Papua New Guinea's that island right above Australia. It's cut in half. Half of it's Indonesia, um, half of it's PNG, um, and so they're up next to the border of Indonesia in the very northern. Um, portion. And then, so, uh, and that's where this, the East Sepik river province is. And so the Sepik river is, it's like the Mississippi river. It's mm -hmm. like this massive river system with like estuaries. We, I was there last time I was there was low water. So it looked completely different. This time I was there was high water because it's the end of the, the rainy season. And, um, it's spectacular. I've never seen anywhere on earth that looks like this. It's just amazing like there's so many moments and flights where mark and i were flying back just like looking out the window going are you kidding me like this mm -hmm. place exists and no one there's no tourism there and there should be because it's it's beautiful um but yeah now so they're they really have that dialed so every everywhere on the river is i think most of the flights are probably 25 to 35 minutes from weewack you fly up and over these mountains and you're in the basin and then you get to these villages and so if you're you have a snake bite in the sepik river within an hour, you're going to be from being picked up, you're going to be at the hospital being oh. treated. Mm. Um, now in the Gulf province, so that's in the South of Papua New Guinea, just right across from Australia, there are, there are a bunch of rivers running North and South. And so what you have is if you've got a snake bite and you've got to go to an, an aid post or a hospital, you've got to go down the river all the way to the ocean out in the ocean over a few miles and then up the next river. What's really, if you could just go as the crow flies, it's a couple miles. So it's mm -hmm. crazy to think that, you know, you're in a canoe for five, six, seven hours trying to get treatment and usually not making it. That's yeah. that kind of the norm there. So now Mark, um, they've partnered with a hospital, Kapuna Hospital, and now they're working out the logistics on how to get, they've got two airplanes coming over. Um, and now they're figuring out how to like 
house those airplanes because it's tricky over there. And I mean, this is like really primitive mm -hmm. area. And um, and they're going to start working in that Gulf province, which is exciting. And we'll be that's a big part of why we chose Samaritan Aviation for the dispatch series is because of this big expansion project. Mm -hmm. It's going to be exciting to follow along as they mm -hmm. make partnerships with hospitals and the government and all the tribes. And, uh, and, and so my first trip, I was able to go with them on kind of their exploratory trip. And mm -hmm. that was amazing. We landed at some villages where they've never, they've seen airplanes in the sky, but they've never been up mm -hmm. close. And it was, it was really an amazing experience. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's similar to what I, what I wanted to ask you is and how far are the di different projects that Samaritan Aviation and we're partnering with are assimilating into these areas and doing some of that like deeper work or is that even happening? And, and what does it look like? I don't know if you experienced like culture shock or different things that you had to contend with kind of on that level interpersonally. Yeah. Uh, I don't experience culture shock much. I haven't in a long time, mm -hmm. I guess just working with nations, like that's kind of yeah. adapting and that's, has become the norm. Um, and, and what's interesting about PNG is like, if, if you've like picked up a Nat Geo or like, you know, have taken the jungle book ride at like Disneyland, you're like you're, it, it's, it's, that's what it's, it's like. It's enough. very familiar. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's amazing that way. It's like, a, mm. it's like a fantasy world, um, in some aspects. And then, um, as far as Samaritan goes, they, they are so busy at what they're doing. Um, they have an incredible hospital ministry and that's really where they're able to minister to the mm. people. Um, because the, the the system there is different than here. Like if I if if you break your leg out in the CPIC, um, we don't just pick you up to go to the hospital. I'm going to come with you because uh, you don't have any food. So I'm going to go into mm -hmm. town and get mm -hmm. some food. And um, the hospital doesn't necessarily provide medication. So I'm going to go to the pharmacy get the medication, um, blankets, all that stuff. It's very it's just a different system. Mm -hmm. So Samaritan really fills the void for people who just aren't able to um, get food or medicine. And so they're, they have a full staff dedicated to, to doing that. And so that's where a lot of their like hands-on ministry happens. Um, but the pilots are pretty much going nonstop. Like mm -hmm. it's, um, I mean, those guys work, you know, um, even on the weekends, they're like one of the pilots is on call and um, it's just tough. You get a call in, it's like, oh, well, do you want to enjoy your Saturday or do you want to go save a kid who just got bit by a snake and needs, mm -hmm. needs a flight? So they're, I mean, they're true missionaries in the sense of like they have, they're there for a reason, not just to fly airplanes, but to be a part of this life-saving effort. And mm -hmm. it's, that's so needed. So, um, yeah, the majority of their emphasis is, is solely aviation. Um, and then, yeah, they, they do do like vaccine outreaches. And so they'll go in, they'll partner with physicians and go in and do, um, mm -hmm. outreaches of that sort, but it's all kind of based around the medical aspect of it. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's really cool. Mm. One of my favorite parts of you coming back from the field is that, uh, inevitably that like next week or so is, is there's a number of episodes of story time with Joel. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm wondering if you could take us, uh, to that wonderful land of story time with yes. Joel. Like what? Okay. Two questions. Most intense experience that you had this last trip and most joyful experience that you had. Oh, uh, most intense. Yeah. Mark left me in a village for a few hours <laughs> and it was getting dark and cause he got another call. Mm -hmm. Uh, actually it was the tribal warfare call. So, uh, I was like, well, I guess I'm spending the night out here. No bug spray. Like, 
you know, I had, I'm like literally sitting there with the chief and there's like 250 like people just staring at me like, <laughs> like, what's this guy? <laughs> Where did he come from? So, and, and then joyful. Yeah. I, I just kind of, I still like, I'm still a youth pastor at heart. So I'm like, I'm not going to just sit here and let 250 tribe, tribe, tribal people like stare at me. So I'm like, bring me three rocks. And they're like, the chief's like, uh, you juggled three. Yeah. It's three <laughs> rocks. And so they, they like, they bring me three rocks. And so I start juggling and it was like sorcery. They'd never seen anything like it. There's like, what has this white person brought us? Like, this is unreal. And then I'm like, I need a, I need, do you guys have a ball? And, uh, so some, they, they, they had this little ball. I'm like, I need a stick. So we started playing baseball, you know, I, I introduced baseball. So I mean, you know, I'm doing my part here, you know, I'm evangelizing the gospel of Jesus Christ and the greatest game on earth. So yeah. <laughs> so we played that. Oh man, it was, it was great. You know, anytime you fly the drone, the, mm. like all the kids just lose their minds. So part of it's like for the movie, part of it's just for, you know, to entertainment and joy. Air, it's an air show for the kids. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, Mar they, they have a little guest house out on this island and it's where they can get away from kind of their work and have that Sabbath. And, mm. um, and it's, I mean, it's, it's like a, it's like a, it's, it's a really cool little house, but it's like, it's very primitive. There's no running water. It's, 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 it's awesome. And, um, out on the island is a family, uh, Robert and Catherine and they're, um, he's the Catholic pastor obviously he's not the priest cause he's married and has nine kids. So, um, <laughs> anyways, we, uh, they're just the best family and, uh, they're, they're so fun. So as far as joy goes, like when we pull in, um, it's like all the kids are there and mm -hmm. la you know, I always bring a racquetball with me everywhere I go. It's, and, and so, um, yeah, so like catch starts and like we're fishing, we're swimming, we're climbing trees, get, drinking coconut water and just, mm -hmm. it's just like, it's like the most fun you could ever have. So, yeah, that, uh, you know, you just mentioned fishing, which if for true nations fans who've listened to all of the, the podcast oh, episodes yeah, thus far, know. I made you, everybody share their greatest <laughs> fear. And I'm pretty sure that you shared your fish phobia, <clears throat> yeah. um, which has been this, you know, this dividing wall in what is otherwise this remarkable friendship yeah. because fishing is one it's of my your favorite, favorite thing, you know, it's and, like, it's like aviation to me is fishing to you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Except I'm stoked on aviation. I don't like hate airplanes, you know, and, and gag <laughs> when Joel sends me pictures of him, like, you know, flying an airplane or something. Yeah. Um, you're the only person, what if I send a fish picture to on, from one of my fishing trips that you like thumbs down it? And I say gross. Yeah, every time. Gross. <laughs> yeah. So I was so proud. You came back, um, you've come back from both of your P&G trips and you have gone fishing. Yeah. You've successfully fished. You still haven't touched the fish that you've caught. Not quite yet. Not quite. I touched the shark. Wait. Caught a shark? Yeah. So I didn't, well, M Matt Condon caught it. And, uh, and so we're, yeah, we're, we're going out and that's, I mean, that's how you eat. If you don't, you don't fish, you don't eat. So, um, or you eat, but it's just not, you know, it's just rice. So we're fishing and all of a sudden it's like. Boom. Mark's like, fish on. So kill the boat. This is on the way out to the island. And uh, Mark loses his. And Matt's like, oh, fish on. And so he's like, you know, just doing the thing. Nothing, nothing like crazy. Mm -hmm. And he's like, man, this thing's just not getting to the boat. And 45 minutes, an hour later, we, you know, we're like, this is a big fish. Like, is it caught on the reef? Like, mm -hmm. we're like, like, what's going on here? Well, it was a five and a half foot uh, black tip shark. 
<laughs> so we're like, ah, like it's a shark. It's like a real shark with teeth. And, uh, and so, yeah, we, uh, yeah, we muscled this thing into the boat and, uh, it's thrashing about. And, um, it was, it was, that was, that was pretty exciting. Did you keep it? Oh yeah. We ate it, dude. It was the best meal I've ever had in my life. It was top five meals. I've what ever does had shark in my life. taste like? Catherine prepared it. Um, and so she does like almost every meal is this coconut rice that it's just, it's like a fried white mm -hmm. rice, mm -hmm. but like in their coconut, I don't know how she, it's just so over open, anything over open flame out there on the Island is just so good. And then it was like a stew almost or like mm -hmm. a curry. And, uh, it was, it was like tears were coming. Like everyone's like, this is so good. It was amazing. I didn't, I didn't know shark was that good. And partly because it's, I mean, fresh, like we'd caught it an hour prior to the meal, but yeah. Does this mean that you're now safe forever from shark attacks because you've consumed one? Like I don't know. absorbed its powers? I hope so. Shark. That's how it works, so. right? Yeah. That's fair. I think yeah. so. I think that's fair. Like, I don't fear garlic anymore. I've eaten it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the right analogy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also don't fear vampires. <laughs> um, well, Pixar didn't happen, dude. I mean, do you have any pictures or videos from yeah. um, oh, that yeah. we can? Yeah, yeah. We can wanna, what do you want to see? Show people. You want to see the shark, dude? Yes, I want to see the shark. All I want right. to see the shark. Mm -hmm. I want to see something beautiful. Okay, here's the shark. Let's see here. I don't know if I want people to see something graphic. Yeah, we'll save that yeah. for the doc. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you're not a, so, so while you're this is a perfect time to uh, pitch people. If you are not subscribed Ooh. and you would like to see the gnarlier stuff or just our dispatch series in general. This is an excellent opportunity for you to head over to nations.co and get a subscription. There's a shark. Whoa. Then there's a shark. Wow. That's beautiful. Dude. There's Mark and Matt. Mark's laughing. Oh, it's about to get, oh, it's about no. to get brutal. Oh, you're about to kill a shark we live tried. on the nation's pod. There it is. It's beautiful. Yeah. We'll pause it right there. <laughs> You later yeah. ate that shark. Yeah, it was it was amazing. So that's that. Let's see. Uh, oh, you want to see the some of the kids out on the island? This is this is just this oh, is so good. That's a great shot. It's beautiful. So that's uh, Drake and Milka. Yeah. Wait, amazing. and are these are they're uh, the kids of the, the Catholic mm -hmm. pastor, not yep. priest. Mm -hmm. Yep, not priest. Pastor, not priest, pastor, not pastor. priest. Yep. Okay, dude. Well, yeah. I've got some hot take questions prepared for you. So unless there's any right. other um, great stories that from this last PNG trip that you want to share, let's see here. Oh, here's the here's here's the airplane. You can see that. Is this a new one? Um, nope. That's that's Sierra Alpha Bravo. Wait, is that the one that you guys almost crashed? That you get you guys punctured the pontoon? I think so. Yes, mm. I think that was. Glad this to see one. you are alive and well. Yep. Here's uh, just coming back on the Sepik. Oh, wow. It's just. You. It's beautiful. Gross. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I never want to go there. Here's. This, you see all like the estuaries. Uh -huh. it's, just, mm. it's, it's really. Dude, take me there with a fly rod. Oh, you'd love it. You would love it. Let's see what else we got here. Oh, here's, here's Robert. That's my Dude. pastor. That's your. Yeah. I went to mass. <laughs> One Sunday, it was really cool. Dude, look at that. Because they speak so and talk pisin, which is like their, it's like pigeon, mm -hmm. and so you can understand enough of it. Uh -huh. And yeah, so you, I felt very cultured. I'm like, mm. ooh, I'm a part of something here. This is cool. <laughs> Dude, that's so rad. Yeah, and that, oh, I caught that fish. 
What? Yeah, I caught oh. that Spanish mackerel. Spanish. Bottom of the ninth. It's like getting dark, <laughs> and we had been skunked, and I'm like, I'm catching a fish right now. I said it out loud. I kind of claimed it. Dude. Wham! Yeah, and I landed it. We ate dinner. It, see, fishing's cool when you have to eat. Yes, mm. it's a lot. It's a I I figured that out. For me, it's it's a lot. It's a well, lot and fun. also, you know, people love catching. Most people don't like fishing. They really like catching. Yeah, them. yeah. So it makes a big difference when you mm. successfully catch something. I kissed a crocodile. Oh, look at you! Yeah, look at that. Does Rachel know about this? <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see what else. This is a uh, one of this is this is uh, Mark. So this is. Oh, that's Mark's right. namesake. Yeah, he told us about oh, wow. him. Mark told us about Mark when Mark yeah. was last on the Nations pod. That's yeah. awesome. So we're training him up to uh, be the next Nations filmer. So. Yes, please. Oh, yeah. that's great. Someday, Mark, you'll be here on the Nations pod. Yeah. <laughs> after winning an award for your documentary films. Should we do some hot takes and call it a day? Let's do it. I love that. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you guys prepared any hot takes. I have one in mind. You have one in mind? Well, then you, you can start, because I've got a couple written down. All right. So, if Maverick and Goose were missionary pilots oh, and not fighter pilots, <laughs> what's the movie called? Oh, man. That's, That's a good, a good one. one. What? <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> I, like, wow. It's, apparently, it's called Speechless. Yeah. I, it's like, it's... It's called heaven. That's what that is. That's like a combination of my two favorite things, serving God and flying airplanes. We'll accept that. Fair enough. <laughs> I Which, am going to get back to you on that. Okay. I, I got to think about that. That's a good one. Which baseball team is better? Dodgers. Los Angeles Dodgers? New York Dodgers. Well, that's not the New York Dodgers. Brooklyn Dodgers. Brooklyn Dodgers. So, well... I, I would have to say the Brooklyn Dodgers because, and that's why I'm a Dodger fan, is because my grandfather was a jazz musician living in Brooklyn, following the Dodgers. And uh, yeah, so okay. that's where it all starts. So you're Jackie Robinson. I mean, come on, man. Yeah. It's just okay. um, mm. So you're Field. allowed, so basically, you're allowed to be a, a true blue Dodgers fan because of family legacy. Yeah. All right. We'll kicked, out of the, kicked out of the family if you're not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty serious. What is better, snow in California or snow in Washington? Snow in Washington. Why? Um, the terrain's steeper. I mean, Tahoe's really good. I mean, but it's just familiarity. I, I know. Like, I mean, I just grew up riding 30 years in, in uh, the Pacific Northwest. Crystal Mountain it's, the, it's just the best. You know, Baker, I, I never, I rode Baker, rode, I mean, Stephen, Snoqualmie, Mission Ridge, most yeah. other places. I never rode Crystal. Oh, it's so good. Right. Yeah. Maybe someday you'll take me there. Other snow-related question. Okay. This might save a life someday. Okay. How do you survive an avalanche? You pray. <laughs> uh, you, first of all, you don't get in the situation if you're not prepared for it. Um, so, especially this year, there's just so much snow, and Record so setting. yeah, it gets exciting when a lot of snow falls from the sky, but it's you know starts sticking and all that weight eventually has to give. Mm -hmm. So it either comes from wind loading or it comes from like the, you know, if you have rain or different temperatures and the different layers, just it makes like a slip and slide. So all that weight, sometimes it only takes six inches of snow and that can slide. Other times if it's, you know, three, four, five feet deep, that's, those are the really bad ones that, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I mean, there's anytime you drop into a line in backcountry, you always want an out. 
you're just like, oh, okay, if something starts to move, like I'm going this way, or I'm going that way, have it, have a plan. And then if you're, if you're buried, you want to swim. So just do whatever you can to swim, to try to stay on top of it. And then once, uh, if you are buried, you try to get into a ball if you, and then you try to make an air pocket and then you pray that the people that you're with, this is another big part of riding in backcountry, only ride with people who um, are really good in backcountry. So then it's a matter of like having the beacon, knowing how to use a beacon, probing, correctly probing, and then knowing how to shovel and get down and save a life. So yeah. I've had, Have you ever I, saved a life? Um, no, no, I haven't had to. I haven't really been involved in the big, av- I've been in little avalanches, sloughs they're mm. called, but um, yeah, I have friends though who've been buried and Brock Crouch survived probably the, one of the gnarliest. He's a, he's a friend of ours. We filmed with the very first nations mm. movie. Um, yeah, he survived probably one of the heaviest a- survived avalanches of all time. Like Jeez. very traumatic. Yeah. So Wait, has anybody, uh, has anybody here saved a life? I'm all for one CPR. <laughs> so, oh, oh, dude. Yeah. Heavy. Yeah, it's pretty gnarly. That was surf related, though. No, I saved so. a life once. You're welcome, Jesse Davis. Wow. <laughs> Enchantments, uh, Alpine Lakes uh, outside yeah. of Leavenworth. Yeah. He uh, took too big of a bite of a bratwurst. And you Heimlich uh, him? Dude, he, I'm sitting across from him, and all of a sudden he's like, <laughs> and first we're all kind of laughing at him, and then he just <laughs> keeps doing that. And I, I like ran over to him, and I'm like, Jesse! This is the international sign for choking. Are you choking? <laughs> and he's like, yes. He's like, would you like me to give you the Heimlich maneuver? <laughs> you were asking him questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been trained in CPR, okay? Not a waiver or something. Yeah. 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 I know that there are good Samaritan this. laws, but I wanted to make sure <laughs> oh that, gosh. you know. Uh, and so then, yeah, turn him around and boom. Oh. Wow. Breath of life. Amazing. So go, Joseph. Yep, got wow. that merit badge. Wow. For I real? feel a lot safer going to lunch with you now. I do too. Totally. Wow. Let's Welcome go get some bratwurst. Wow. Yeah. Um. Okay. Who was better than Kobe? Oh man. I mean, there's a lot of lot of players. I think in different situations better than Kobe. Um, yeah, I think. I love Magic. I've always uh, Magic Johnson is, is probably my second favorite Laker of all, th- f- second favorite basketball player of all time. Um, man, Kobe though, I just I've always defended him. He's the guy's just, I love him. I cool. love his approach to the basketball. And you got to stand next to him once. I did. Yeah, at the, <laughs> on, uh, yeah, in the Key Arena, Seattle SuperSonics yeah, game. Rest in Aww. peace. Yeah, rest in peace. Their last season, and uh, yeah, I stood right next to him, and I just. Gave him the Yakobi as he was just draining three pointers. It was amazing, R- crazy moment. That's another. That's all another podcast. That story alone. <laughs> Stay tuned for the Nation's Pod, um, yeah. where we explore Joel's strange love for Kobe Bryant. Oh. Not strange, merited. He's one. Of the, he's one of the greats. Yeah. Mm. I have two more. Wait. Yes, I have two more questions. Claire, do you have any hot takes for Joel? I just want to know window or aisle seat on a long haul flight. Oh, great! And how do mm. you get through? A long haul flight. I want to know your routine. Oh, that's a whole other podcast oh too. I, mean, I know. Do, are we going like boiled down? Do we have we, five minutes allocated for Joel's how to survive long flights? I think we can cut this into its oh, own. Dude, this will be such a media video. Like, okay, it's which this, this is within this the podcast. Is, but I think this is important. We're going to start turning dream. Joel into a travel influencer. Yes. Oh, well, yeah. My system works. Well I just, you just if, but you have to. You have to do. You can't 
take shortcuts. So if you're prepared okay. to, to adapt my system, it's it's 100%, Claire. I mean, I have my <laughs> own system, but I'm curious to like okay. compare notes. So, okay, here's the deal. So my last trip to PNG, I literally flew around the world. So I was in the air for 48 hours. Oof. LA to Qatar, Qatar, Singapore, Singapore, Port Moresby, Moresby, WeWAC, and then all the flying in country, WeWAC, Moresby, Moresby, Brisbane, Brisbane, LA, literally circumnavigated wow. the globe. And you and I, Magellan, dude. Yeah, I know. It was incredible. <laughs> so um, here's the deal. So you go to LA, it's every international flight, it's usually in the evening. So um, you don't eat. Have like an early lunch, no late lunches. Mm -hmm. So you want an empty stomach going under your flight. So you get on the plane at 6.30, 7.30, 8.30. You want to be hungry. Empty stomach. You get to your gate an hour prior and you stretch for an hour. Like stretch. Like stretch it out. Like like downward dog. Stretch. You just be that weirdo. Sun salutation. Namaskara, you're stretching. <laughs> get over it. People are be looking at you, but you're going to be laughing all the way as you sleep for eight, nine hours on the plane while they're watching their fifth movie uncomfortably. So you stretch. When I get on the plane, I take a Unisom. It's over the counter, just one Unisom, boom, and on an empty stomach. Okay. So you ask, you sit down, you ask for water. And sometimes they give you a little water in the pouch and you just, you drink the water, take the Unisom, empty stomach. J&J &J or Procter & Gamble were open to sponsorships. <laughs> just throw that We're in not there. doctors, this is not medical advice. <laughs> so, Do your own research. Yeah. Um, so like melatonin doesn't, it doesn't knock you out. At least me, this is like, and so most people that I've kind of coached in this, like Unisom, it, it works. And so then you're fighting it. You can start a movie, whatever, but an hour after takeoff, they'll feed you dinner. And so eat that dinner. And so you, your medicine's already done its work. It's already starting to numb the brain or whatever it does. And, uh, yeah. So then make sure you're hydrated and it's eight, nine, 10 hours of sleep every single time for me. Wow. Mm. And so wow. it's just like a coma. You wake up and you're just like, oh. oh, and I always change too. like get into your sweats, kick your shoes off, get comfortable. And I always make sure to have a jacket mm -hmm. because the flights are always cold. I've got the Bose noise canceling headphones. Um, and I just, I just sit there and get covered. Oh, and duo, uh, neck pillow. It's, mm. that's the one I, mm. I've invested probably I've $300. We went, we went deep. My friend, Jake, our friend, Jacob Carlson, we were like, we're going to find the best neck pillow. And we found it. It's an inflatable one. Cause often those neck pillows are so annoying. Cause they're just so big and bulky. And yeah. last thing you want to do is be carrying one around. Mm -hmm. Um, so this is an inflatable one. And it's, it's got the big hole too. So like two puffs and it's like, it like it, it's awesome. Nice. It's all around you. It's got all these different angles too. But the nicest thing about the duo, D-U-O. Um, another also, sponsorship another opportunity. Sponsor, <laughs> is you can deflate it. So it's not, your neck's not like sticking out. You can mm -hmm. kind of get comfortable. And um, yeah, then it's eight, nine, 10 hours, Claire, of just. It's interesting. It's just epic <laughs> sleep. And it, it works like every single flight. Like, and I'll watch. <laughs> I, I did watch Top Gun on the way to PNG. Mm. And Original I or Maverick? Maverick. Okay. And I watched Top Gun Maverick on the way home as well. So I'll usually watch like one movie on a really mm. long flight. So the Brisbane flight, I think, is 14, 13, 13 14 hours. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That's a long flight. It's a long flight. Do you take your shoes off when you get to the new place and ground yourself? Have you heard about that? Uh, no, I have not. Grounding effect? Grounding? Uh-huh. Yeah. Like the barefoot? Yeah. yeah. Go, mm -hmm. go, go walk barefoot 
reconnect with you have the... to put like patchouli not, on not like, in the airport like... though <laughs> not in the airport that's that's it has to actually it has to be, it has to be earth yeah, which reminds me, I've got yeah. to get my dewormer because I had to do oh I, my God. Yeah. Well, that wasn't necessary, but. <laughs> PNG, like you definitely you walk barefoot places, you need to deworm. Sure. So that's my, that's my travel. Like if you okay. do that. I hear you. I've, I've, that's, that's it. That's so it. what was your original question though? <laughs> window or aisle? Oh, when, oh, so for me, it's, um, it's either or. So it's mm -hmm. window if there's no one else there, but it's aisle if there's, if it's a full plane. Okay. So I always go aisle. Uh -huh. um, aisle on the on the side mm -hmm. of the the long haul planes. Mm. So yeah, yeah. Just sense. don't. You're not going to be able to lay down. So just get that out of your. If well, like, no. It's a rare day that you're going to get four seats. Sure. And so people will fight for that, but I'm I'm just not into that fight. So I like, I get comfortable and I can mm -hmm. if you just assume the worst. And um, if you get blessed by an open seat or two, then great. But yeah, beautiful. Yeah. I'm the tray table down, hood up. Oh, you go in your face. Oh, um, wow. Some of us are too long to do that. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> Especially I, if you I get like a hit, window. I'll hit the seat just, in front. Oh, yeah. like, I can't so we have down. very different yeah. uh, routines, but that's yeah. fine. Good to know. Yeah. I have I have two left. Okay. Then we'll call quits, I swear. A lot of questions. I know. Joel's an interesting guy. Yes. We don't get this time with him very often. I know we really don't. Plus, I'm like jet lag too, so I don't know if this is coherent at all. Oh, it's great. What is the greatest airplane ever? Wow. Oh, the one you're flying. I don't know. That's <laughs> what a pilot <laughs> answer. A Gosh. All right, answer. fine. I'll say, um, yeah, the F-14 Tomcat, just because <gasps> Top Gun had such an influence Dude, on my life. Okay. Come on. So that's always a special one. But I think the Cessna 182 and 206 are, they're just, su they're just such awesome airplanes because they get you cool places like, the 182 and the 206 will get you into the backcountry. That's the 206 is what they use um, on the floats and, and the Sepik River. So I, that's I'd probably stick with that. Okay, last question. Okay, what are we gonna name our new? Oh man, our new office mascot. I don't know. It's a lot of pressure. I hope he brings us blessings and good luck. And yeah. not like not tribal war, not crocodiles. <laughs> if you get in a fight, oh, you throw this spirit. Oh you. my gosh! There you go. Detachable. I say, you know, I was gonna suggest that we call him Steve, but we already have That's, we already have Steve. Lame. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I kind of like. Yeah, I did learn this though, because we we landed at, at a village, and these kids had like the mud all over their face. And we're like, oh, what's going on? They're like, oh, we just killed three crocodiles today. We're having a big celebration. I'm like. So that's what that means. If there's mm -hmm. mud on your face, you, they've killed a crocodile. Been a kill. There's been a kill. Time to celebrate. Do they eat crocodile meat? Yeah, I yeah. guess so. I, I didn't get to try it. Hmm. I, I've seen it. I saw it on a menu, but I wasn't in the mood. And uh, I had I'm some, regretting it it's, now. It's I just wish, wish I would have done it. Right. Yeah. I had some yeah. when I when I was in Florida. Yeah, good, yeah. bad, and different. I mean, tastes Florida like chicken. Man, chicken. Tastes like chicken. <laughs> tastes like chicken. <laughs> I've had some too, but it was unidentifiable. All right, friends. I think that's uh, I think that covers it for our first ever field report. Thanks, Joel. Hey, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. This what a treat to be on this <laughs> side of the table. <laughs> All right, then we're out. Nice job. That was fun. Cut.